Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Raksak, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. Also, guys, if you use the promo code TED Talk Sports, receive $5 off your next visit. Here with my fraternity brother and diehard Laker fan and Green Bay Packer fan, Jose Real. Jose, thank you so much for coming on the show. What's up, Teddy? (laughs) What is up, dude? So a lot of craziness going on with the NBA free agency. So I I don't is there anywhere you really want to start first to begin with? Because there's just so much we have to, you know, to talk about. Dude, I don't even know where to start. All this fucking all this (laughs) all this stuff just happened out of nowhere. And I'm just you know what? Let's start first off with fuck Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously. I I okay. Here here's the whole thing with, with Kawhi Leonard. And it's such a it's such a it's such a weird thing that he's done with the NBA is that everyone acts like, you know, he's brought so much balance and so much parity to the NBA. And everyone's just like, you know, and it's it's so much more balanced now in the NBA. But if you look if you look at the teams that really got stacked that like really are in the top rankings of the NBA. It's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's Houston, it's uh, Utah Jazz, it's you know the Golden State Warriors. You know, there's a lot of teams in the West, but you know the East. It's still I'm not that impressed with the Eastern Conference. So Where's the balance for the Hornets? The Hornet, dude. <laughs> the Hornets are a joke, dude. <laughs> dude, I I honestly, yeah, the Hornets. I the the Hornets really messed that up because the Hornets knew that they could have had some sort of value for Kemba Walker, you know what I mean? And they just totally they, they didn't want to trade him, and then and then he signs for less money with the Celtics. So the Hornets are gonna be bad for a while. And that, oh that's, yeah, they, that's gonna be terrible. They fucked, they fucked it up. Oh dude, they totally fucked that up, dude. So I I I don't know. And then here's so you know here's my first question. So, you know since since we wanted to start off with with Kawhi. So here, there's, there's this theory going on. I want to get your thought on this. There's a theory going on that Kawhi sabotaged the Lakers with his decision because he took so long. So the Lakers lost out on people like D'Angelo Russell, J.J. Redick, et cetera, et cetera. So what are your thoughts? Do you think Kawhi Leonard tried to sabotage the Lakers? Dude, I don't know, man, because Kawhi, dude, Kawhi is pre- pretty crafty, dude. Like, the way he got himself out of the – he got himself out of San Antonio, and then the just the questions he was asking Magic, if like, oh, were you guys trying to trade for me? It was kind of it kind of puts it all in perspective. Like, damn, was he was he like uh, getting his revenge for us not getting him the first time? And it, it, here's what here's what makes it kind of fishy. I initially thought that someone like Kawhi <laughs> wouldn't be doing something like this, but here's where it gets kind of fishy. Okay. Because Kawhi Leonard, there's a couple things, right? So Kawhi Leonard, first, he told the Lakers, he said, okay, extend, uh, delay the Anthony Davis trade because I need more time to decide. And then two hours later, he signs with the Clippers. And then the second thing, right, the second thing that Kawhi Leonard does is that he, um, he, he decided to meet with Paul George in secrecy the same time he was meeting with the Lakers. So the whole thing to me, it just all, it all just kind of leads to that. And from a strategic standpoint, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. Of course, I'm I'm salty about it because it's against our Lakers, but 
I think he I think it was a sabotage. That's just those are that's just my thoughts on thoughts on it. Dude, straight up sabotage. Waited till we we didn't get D'Angelo, we didn't get like a big star, we couldn't get any role like some really good role players like JJ Reddick or someone to be shooting out with us. Dude, I think Kawhi knew what he was doing. Yeah, I that, that that's that's my thought on that. I mean, I think I think Kawhi was definitely he he was playing some 4D chess. You know what I mean? He wasn't he wasn't playing checkers, which is smart. You know what I mean? You you want to hinder your rival's ability to add top tier free agents, so it makes a lot of sense. But here's here's my other thing. Here's my here's here, you know you could tell from this podcast we're just two salty Laker fans because we wanted that super team. But here here's my other big <laughs> here's my other big complaint right about the NBA free agency is tampering. And I've said this before oh. in my other episodes. It just makes no sense. Like I, I literally said that Rob Palinka can be at, go to the same supermarket as a free agent and he'd get in trouble, you know. But then these other guys, it seemed it seemed as if they had deals that you know the commissioner even acknowledged that they had preset deals before free agency even began. Like it almost it felt like it started the day before because it, Kyrie was basically signed, Kevin Durant, everyone else. So. I, I think it's a, I think it's such a double standard when it comes to the Lakers and the rest of the league for free agency at least. Oh hell yeah, dude! The Lakers have a fucking target on their back. Everyone hates us just because we we're one of the best franchises around. You know, that's what happens when you you got all these superstars, all these legends that have been on the team. They just don't want to see you win. You know, it's 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 so interesting, and it, and also it, I I think it's also a double standard with the league when it comes down to narratives and, and Shannon Sharp mentioned this on, uh, on undisputed, which I, I thought it was a really good point. And, you know, it's, it, it really comes down to like LeBron's legacy. So, you know, if LeBron can't recruit any free agents, it's like, Oh, nobody wants to play with LeBron. And, you know, but if, um, but if they got Kawhi or if they got another free agent, like, Oh, he needs a superstar to win. You know, it's just such a, it's such a double standard. It's just a double, such a double standard narrative for someone like LeBron James. And I think it, that amplifies when he's playing for an organization like the Lakers. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Especially since LeBron got on the Lakers, no one wants us to like go to the finals to win it all just because they're like, oh, LeBron. They, I don't know why they hate him so much. It's like, dude, he, he's pretty good. I, they just try to keep like comparing him back to Jordan. But like, you know, he's like in our time right now, you know, he, He's pretty much like a like after Kobe, freaking uh, LeBron's like the guy that we look up to now is like one of the best players out there. Yeah, and and I really think that it, it's just kind of funny because you know LeBron did wasn't even the first one to start the super team era because that goes back to the Boston Celtics. Remember the Boston three party with with Ray Allen oh. and Rondo and all the you know Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and all those guys. So that was the first super team. But it, but it's like everyone since LeBron had such an incredible impact on the league that everyone else is just so um, every, you know it's so targeting. Everyone likes to target him, and then you know he plays for the Lakers on top of it. And it really seems it, it's interesting though that everyone hates or the NBA at least is, is so against the Lakers because Los Angeles is an excellent basketball market, and that was one of the things that even brought although he's not playing for the the Lakers, it it brought Kawhi and his brand new balance to Los Angeles because of the endorsement deals. Like Los Angeles, the views, you know, for, for the, for the finals are they're the highest when the Lakers are playing. So it's, it's going to be really interesting now that they have the Lakers and the Clippers playing together 
um, you know, not playing together, but playing against each other in Staples Centers in Los Angeles, prime time. Which brings me to my one of my first, not my first question, but one of my other questions is, you know, so th- there's all this talk about how good the Clippers roster is. So how how deep do you think that do you think the Clippers roster is deep, or do you think that um, it's just kind of everyone's getting kind of lost in the Paul George Kawhi Leonard hype? Dude, I, you know, I I can't I can't talk down on the Clippers just because you know they play they played the Warriors pretty good last year without even you know, without having Kawhi or like it, like any really like a real superstar on the team, but they're pretty good. You know, they got Doc Rivers. They, their team, like it's all balanced. And now with Kawhi and Paul George over there, I think it's going to be pretty good defensively. You know, they got like a first defense team kind of, kind of right over there. So shoot, it's going to be interesting to see what it is, but I got to see, you know, I got to wait till, we start playing some games, see if they could like make it all go together. And then that, so that, that's one of the things that I, I I'm going to, I think as uh with their perimeter defense, I think they're going to be, they're going to be a lockdown perimeter defense team. Cause you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, someone like Patrick Beverly, you know, guarding the perimeter and that's going to be very sound. Um, But in terms I of know, Paul George is going to say that was a bad shot. <laughs> yeah, as long, as long as they're not playing Damian Lillard and he's not dropping buzzer beaters on him, I think they'll, I think they'll be okay. Dollar, <laughs> dude, I, I, he's nice. But the, the thing is with the with the Clippers is that I'm not necessarily sold on their depth because they lost uh, Shea Alexander, they lost Gallinari, and I just think that they there's the two. The, if I'm gonna nitpick the Clippers, I think the Clippers can be are, are right now the favorites for the NBA title, but. If I'm gonna nitpick them and if I'm gonna critique them like I'm Gordon Ramsay on like some some like cooking show or some shit, if I what, what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I think that the Clippers have a really big hole at the five. I think that like in terms of guarding someone like I don't know, let's say Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins, like it's a matchup nightmare for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think they don't have as much depth. And this also goes back. I'm gonna circle this back around because I'm super salty still about the Kawhi Leonard thing. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna circle this back around to the double standard. So the Lakers initially, everyone, they're at, at, literally all these NBA insiders were saying the Lakers should not pursue uh, pursue a third superstar. They need to get depth. So when we didn't get Kawhi, we get depth. We get Rondo. We get Danny Green. We get Demarcus Cousins. You know, we have you still have Kyle Kuzma. And then, you know, we have JaVale McGee. We have all this depth. And now everyone's saying that, you know, we don't have enough firepower. So it's just so interesting. It's almost as if, like, before the Lakers even made a decision, like, they were, it was going to be the wrong one. So I just, thought, I just thought that was, like, pretty interesting. Dude, anything we would have done, everyone would have been like, oh, they fucked up. They're disor- disorganized. They don't know what they're doing. But, dude, like, we rolled with the punches. Like, we didn't get Kawhi, but. We got a bunch of other people that they've played together before, and, you know, they're pretty good. So, shoot, LeBron and AD on the team, dude, that's like a that's like a dream duo right there. Yeah, and it's uh, – I, I, I honestly I, – I cannot wait for the Lakers-Clippers matchup. I think that they should play on, like, Christmas Day because I think that game would just be absolutely crazy. I, I see the Lakers and Clippers uh, playing against each other at some point in the playoffs. They're just – too good of teams not to you know run into each other but uh, away from los angeles basketball because i'm gonna get too salty and listen to marvin's room the rest of the night if we keep talking about uh (laughs) keep talking about the clippers and the lakers and whatnot so we i gotta go with you know some 
some somewhat breaking news that kind of came out of left field. But Russell Westbrook pairing up with James Harden in uh, for the uh, Houston Rockets. What are your initial thoughts on that? Bro, I was freaking blown away. That shit is wild, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't think that Russ would reunite with Harden, dude. It, you know, I honestly, I I think that the Rockets are. I I think there's they're they're an underrated team, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna be very efficient in isolation scoring. They're gonna be really good. My only concern. And, um, you know, because with all these teams in the West that we're going to end up talking about, my, you know, my only concern with them, if I'm going to nitpick, which is what I like to do, I guess, if you're not, if it's anything but the Lakers, I'll nitpick. But the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that with the Rockets that does concern me is, are the usage rates for James Harden and Russell Westbrook. These are the, these are the, they are both players that need the ball in their hands all the time. So I don't know. I understand that they have the chemistry from before. But that was like a few, you know. What, but they're both ball hogs, dude. Yeah, like that was about four or five years ago. So I don't understand. Like, I don't know how it's going to mix well together. Um, I don't, you know. Do you think that they could still play together at an efficient rate? I don't know, man. The exes are getting back together. So, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think they'll. I think they will. They will be able to work things out. But the interesting thing too is. Um, that no one really talks about, which I just want to cover really briefly, is that the biggest. So obviously, OKC went full rebuild mode. The, um, oh, you know, they, they get back Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul's not going to play a, a single game in a Thunder's uniform. Yeah, they're trading him, right? I think uh, Woj, Woj said they're they're trying to trade him out just so they don't have to pay that big contract. That's what I think. I mean, if I'm Chris Paul, I wouldn't want to spend the last three four years in the NBA on a Thunder's team that's not even going to make the playoffs. So I, but the, the the so I think I think that the Thunder, you know, even though they give up, you know, they lost uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they still have like fifteen first round picks the next like six years. So so they have they're gonna they're gonna be loaded. They're gonna you saw what what all those first round picks did for like the Boston Celtics, and I think I think the, the you know the Thunder, given some time, maybe they'll get Lamelo Ball or something like that. But they'll be good. Obviously, the Rockets are good. Because you know they have Russell Westbrook, the biggest losers to me right now, but this could change overnight, are the Miami Heat. Because I think the Heat should have somehow mixed into that trade and paired up Chris Paul with Jimmy Butler. I mean, I, what do you think about that, dude? That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I feel like uh, if they put Butler with like Chris Paul, I don't know, maybe Miami could be a contender. That at least in the east, yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to put a little asterisk there in the east, in the Eastern Conference, because the Eastern Conference, it, it's like the JV. You know what I mean? There, there's. Don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> Philly's good, but it's like that is just ridiculous. You have teams. I mean, I love D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's like my boy, but you know, he he, he, he literally led the Nets to the playoffs, and they were only like two games above like five hundred. It, the East is just not that competitive, and the power balance, like like you know, we mentioned earlier, it's just it's not really the same. I mean, I'm sorry, it is exactly the same because it's all the power mm-hmm. is still in the West, and I think that a team like, especially with Kawhi going over to the going over to the the Western Conference, and then now you have Kevin Durant, who's yes, he's in the Eastern Conference, but he has oh, yeah. Achilles. You know, he has an you know. Let's just talk about that for a minute. How do you think? Because you got me, you got me going. 
how do you how do you think Kevin Durant is going to recover from his Achilles injury? Shoot, Achilles is tough to figure out, dude. But I feel like KD, he could, dude. That's why they gave him the max contract. They know he could ball, and plus he's gonna have Kyrie right there, and was it DeAndre Jordan, dude? Uh, and Brooklyn, they're they're actually like uh, they're an okay team. So, I I guess he won't have to put as much pressure on KD, and you know he won't be on a team that's taking him for granted. But I. I think he'll recover, but maybe in, like, about two years. So, he'll get back to, like, where he was at. I think the timeline is very unfortunate because he's, like, I think KD is about 30 years old. And it's just really unfortunate because, remember, so it takes you a year to just to get cleared to, like, kind of practice again. (laughs) Then even if you're in games, it takes you about a season to just kind of get back into the swing of things. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. just just to kind of, like, get your rhythm going. And you you saw with DeMarcus Cousins, like, yes, he was able-bodied. Not necessarily the same, yeah. but it, it took him a season just to get back into basketball shape and kind of like the speed of the NBA. And, you know, with, with Brooklyn, you know, it, I just think it would be so funny. And this this is a once in a quadrillion, that's even a number. This is this is like the slimmest possibility, like the Avengers beating Thanos possibility here. But if <laughs> if the Nets somehow one can you imagine next year if the nets somehow won the nba finals without kevin durant that because he's, he's trying to make a legacy for himself like would it that would be crazy wouldn't it They'd be like we don't need you <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you'd have to request a trade back to oklahoma city at that point huh <laughs> <laughs> can't win with these cats dude i don't I, well, it would kind of go back to what, what Draymond Green said to him, where he was like, oh, what did he say? When they were arguing? Yeah. He's like, oh, we won without you. <laughs> like, <laughs> We don't need your ass. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? That was, oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But, all right, so the next the next big question that I have about the NBA free agency. So, obviously, you know, we, since we were talking about Brooklyn, we got to talk about, you know, our boy D'Angelo Russell. I'm still – I'm still – I think I'll go to the grave being upset that we traded him because I, I I love D'Angelo Russell. But – Dude, we should have gotten D'Lo. Dude, I would – I probably would have cried if we got D'Angelo Russell. Like, of tears of joy. I don't even know if I would have, you know, gone to work the next, like, two months. I would have been so happy. I, I would have still been celebrating. We would we should have had a parade just if we signed D'Angelo Russell. I would have – that's how happy Dude. I would have been. Then you re- reunite D'Lo and Swaggy. Dude, dude, oh my god. And Iggy Azalea is at the games. Like, oh my god, dude. That would be that would be <laughs> dude, they did my boy Iggy dirty. Dude, that would oh my god. But anyways, though, so D'Angelo Russell, you know, did out of out of all teams, I did not expect him to go to the Golden State Warriors. And it kind of sucks because I, I do not like the Golden State Warriors because I'm so I've been so jealous of them these last five years. Fuck Steph Curry. <laughs> Dude, that song's a banger, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing is, too, is so, you know, obviously Clay Thompson's hurt. So you could put Steph Curry at the one. You could, D'Angelo could play off the ball at the two. Do you think that the Warriors can fit D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson on the same roster? Or do you think that when Clay Thompson gets back, that they're going to trade D'Angelo? Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, if D'Lo can't adjust to the team, dude, they're just probably going to trade him because they just got him from the Brooklyn Nets just so they wouldn't lose KD for nothing. 
that's what I, I, you know, I unless unless you could put Clay Thompson at the three, but if if I'm thinking to myself, if you have Clay Thompson, remember Clay Thompson actually before his injury, um, and I think I mentioned this before, is that he's he was actually a, a, such an underrated defender. You know, he's six seven, and he was able to you know put play decent defense on a lot of these guys, especially in, you know crunch time moments in the NBA Finals and stuff like that. But, you know, he tore his ACL. And I, although it's not an Achilles injury, it's still a significant injury that can affect you know, your lateral movement and stuff like that. So I, if I see, you know, I don't know, eight months from now, and I see Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Klay Thompson on the floor at the same time, I'm thinking to myself that that's a very defensively vulnerable lineup. And that does oh, yeah. that. Like, what do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, dude, because then, cause then KD, the good thing about him was, like, he was just in all, all around, like, he had the lockdown D and everything. But now, what is it? They lost Iggy. They lost KD. They're kind of losing. They're get, they have more, like, offensive people, but they need some more, like, defensive. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, so here, here's, here's a crazy theory, and, I, and I'm going to call this out on a bold prediction. Okay, just because I want I want you to let me know what you think about this. So I think that when Clay Thompson gets back, I think they're not going to be able to fit D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson on the same roster. And so I'm. This is in my theory that I think that D'Angelo Russell is going to be traded to Oklahoma City Thunder in return for someone like Stephen Adams and someone else, so that way they could pair Stephen Adams on the low block with someone like um, you know Draymond Green. That's for the for the post, that's a very defensively sound uh, unit. And in this way, D'Angelo Russell, because D'Angelo Russell also ha- he was top ten in, for usage rate, so he is someone that had to have the ball in his hands uh, to be productive. So I think that he goes to the Thunder. His stats can go up. It could be his own team. He's young. He's like twenty two, twenty three years old, where he can kind of like develop for those draft picks, you know. So I I don't know. That's my mm-hmm. thought. I mean, what what do, what do you think about that? Because I know it's kind of a crazy prediction. Yeah, because uh, if you think about it, if they're gonna if they're gonna trade D'Lo, they want to trade it to one of the teams that has some of the best assets to trade off, and OKC is pretty stacked right now after the Clippers trade. Yeah, I think OKC, you know, they're definitely gonna try to surround themselves with young talent. And I I think that D'Angelo would be a really good fit. Um, you know, if he if if he went over there, so uh, you know, another, another we just team. want D'Lo to be happy. Dude, honestly, at this point, yeah, I, I, you know, it's like it's like I'm watching, I'm watching, uh, it's like you're watching an ex girlfriend from the distance. You know, you're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's like I can't like be magic. With you. Why'd you say that, dude? Matt, don't get me started on magic, dude. You're gonna keep me up at night. You're talking about magic, dude. Okay, Magic Johnson, talk about sabotage because now you got the ball rolling. Is that he? He went out of his way to sabotage the Lakers and Rob Polinka. <laughs> And what and Rob Polinka, you know, it's it's crazy. And then he signed Rob Polinka does the trade that Magic couldn't pull off, and he signs. He does everything the opposite of what Magic Johnson did. He gets superstar. He um, gets all this shooting, all this depth, and all this is happening. And Magic Johnson is like looking around, and he can only watch. You know, so it must be kind of must be kind of crappy for Magic Johnson right about now because he's not getting any of the credit for all of this. But Rob Polinka is the hero. I know, dude. Freaking magic. He's like, fuck. <laughs> He's just probably cursing himself right now. That's crazy. And it's so interesting, though, because Magic Johnson is obviously 
a remarkable you know player for the Lakers and everything oh, yeah. like that. But it's so crazy to see him be the villain now. After all everything that he's done and as a player and even, you know, he tried coaching and worked with the front office. It's, he's like, a, as of right now, he's a villain in Los Angeles. He's a, he's a villain. I mean, that's not going to stay that way. But for the next, you know, until the season starts and everyone forgets and this all kind of, you know, gets swept under yeah. the rug. He's going to be the villain, which is crazy to think about. And uh, once we win the finals, we'll forgive Magic. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, winning, winning cures all. So I, that, that that'll be interesting to see. I, I'm curious to see if Magic Johnson's going to be at any of the games and um, if he what he's going to be saying moving forward, especially if the Lakers are doing well. So one of the other uh, one of the other big signings is Kemba Walker leaving the Hornets, signing Ooh. with the Boston Celtics, our rivals. What you know? What what, what did you think about that? How do you think he's going to fit in over in uh, in Boston? Dude, it's about time he went to a contender. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, the Hornets are trash. I feel like the Celtics are like a more all-around, like trying to be a team team, you know? And Kyrie was just like a bad fit just because he was more like individualistic. And, you know, Kemba, he seems like, you know, he, he was willing to stay with the Charlie Hornets like if for the Max Steel and everything. But, you know, he... He wants to go to his, the Celtics because he wants to compete. He wants to go to the finals, and I think he will with this squad. I and the interesting thing too is that you, you know you think Kyrie Irving and you think Kemba Walker, and yes, Kyrie Irving is a um, Kyrie Irving is a better uh, player, but they're st- statistically wise, like uh, they're not that far off. Which is the crazy thing oh, when, no. I, when I when I looked into it, you know points and. Um, shooting percentage and you know assists and everything like that they're virtually the same player um you know obviously the outside of like the, the intangibles like Kyrie Irving has better maybe a little bit better defense and some dribbling and stuff like that and you know uh shot creating but what I think though is that what's really important is that you're getting someone that at least is on on paper very similar and you're substituting them they're a little bit older and they're just you know I think that Kemba Walker is going to be such a better presence in the locker room Oh, yeah. And you have young players like, you know, you, you have, um, you know, Jalen Brown and um, Marcus Smart and, you know, Jason Tatum and stuff like that. So it's important that you don't, you know, scare them away with someone like Kyrie and, you know, and ruin that locker room presence, especially with a young team, because that can go that can go south really fast. So I oh, I, yeah. I think Kemba's going to be a great fit. And, and then it's really going to be interesting, too, is that I think Kemba's Kemba's going to be a good fit. And I think Gordon Hayward is going to have a bounce back year. I think he's going oh, yeah. to look fantastic for the Boston he's Celtics. Due, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's going to look – well, you know, I, I thought about this, and it's like, you know, everyone was kind of um, down on Paul George because he had – I don't know if it's the same injury, but it, a, a catastrophic kind of leg injury. And, you know, everyone was down on him his first season back. <laughs> and, you know, he's been able to pick it up. And I think this past season for Gordon Hayward is just – it was just more of like a reboot season. And, you know, he's playing with a brand-new team, and he's kind of had to get back in basketball shape. And I think he's going to be very – he's still so young. He's only, like, 26, 27 years old. I think Gordon Hayward is going to be very, very productive uh, for the Boston Celtics. And I think he's going to, you know, fit in really nicely with Kemba Walker. Oh, yeah, dude. That team just got so much better just with Kyrie out. Dude, they were they were better before. Yeah, I, I it's it's crazy. I, I think that the – and the Celtics, too, is that you don't – one, you don't necessarily need a super team, 
in today's NBA. And the second thing, too, is you don't need much, especially in the Eastern Conference. So it's, you know what I mean, just that that together is that the Celtics are going to have a lot of time to be able to figure it out. Any team that, you know, just acquired a superstar or is concerned with, you know, chemistry and things like that on the Eastern Conference, you have so much time to figure it out because you could be damn near 500 <laughs> by the playoffs and you'll make it. <laughs> you know, so it's not, it's not like the Western Conference where you need to have like an almost perfect record to try to squeeze into the playoffs. You know, the Eastern Conference is oh, a yeah. joke. You know, it's, it's, to put it quite frankly, I, I'm not that impressed. But speaking of Eastern Conference, we we had Al Horford joining the Philadelphia 76ers and you know, my initial thoughts was that I'm I'm a little concerned with the uh, with the perimeter shooting because they lost JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But do you think that the Philadelphia 76ers, do you think they're legit coming into the season? Uh shoot, dude. Honestly, uh I don't know, dude, because then they cause then they had Jimmy Buckets right there, just he was more clutch for them. He was shooting those shots. And I just don't see like anyone, you know, just like taking the taking a team unless Ben Simmons steps up or something. Yeah, I, it, you know, it's just it's again. I'm, I'm gonna pull this back to the Lakers just because that's the way my mind works. And it's just Lakers. And it's just well, well, okay. So here's here's what I'm thinking about it is that the the Sixers have a hole at, in the three point shooting department. Okay, you have Ben Simmons, and yes, Al Horford can shoot threes. He can space the floor, but it, I wouldn't say he's a three-point shooter. You know, you, you don't have a lot of perimeter shooting. Joel Embiid, you know, do not shoot a, a three-point shot. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just not that impressed with the three-point shooting. But it's interesting though because everyone says they're a title contender, and you know everyone's overlooking the three-point shooting. But when the Lakers um, didn't have three-point shooting last season, just going into last season. Everyone was automatically like, you know, knocking us out. They were like, oh, they have no three point shooting. You seen Lonzo's jump shot. It's so broke, blah, 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 blah. And it's just this whole, in a sense, East Coast bias when it comes to sports, in my opinion, where, you know, everyone kind of, you know, you know, everyone makes it. You get a participation trophy in the East. Yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. Where, like, you could have that and, it, and it's okay. But, you know, but if the Lakers were another team in the West, you know, were to do that, it's, you know, oh, my God, it's, you know, they're, they're doomed from the start because, you know, because the, the strength of the conference is just is brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's going to it's going to be really interesting going into next season. Um, and, you know, what, you know, kind of wrapping this up a little bit, but. Jimmy Butler going to the Miami Heat, he chose to take less money. Well, initially less money, even though he did a sign and trade. But he initially wanted to take less money to go to a worse team. I like. What do you think? Because I I don't know. What do you think was going on in his head, or what do you think he was thinking? Dude, dude, I honestly don't know what's up with Jimmy. First, he wanted to trade from the Wolves to go to a contender, and now he wants to get traded from a contender to go down to Miami. Yeah, it's the only thing I could think about. Is that Philadelphia? Was just he just wants that Miami life, dude. Dude, Miami is beautiful. I've been to Miami before. I had a great time. So I don't necessarily blame him. I remember. I remember when uh, the Miami Heat were trying to record, recruit uh, Gordon Hayward and Hassan Whiteside. He was like, "Oh, this is what we do after every uh, practice." And they were just on the beach with the sunset, and I'm like, "That looks a lot nicer than 
the snow in like <laughs> Philadelphia. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I think that I I don't understand why you'd want to go to the Heat. The Heat are not going to be contender, even if they get Chris Paul, maybe a seven or eight seed. I have very low expectations for them. So, that's just that's just you know, that's just my thought on that. I mean, do you do you think that? With Jimmy Butler, that the Heat can, you know, take down a team like Philly or the the Celtics or even the Nets. Dude, <laughs> I couldn't hear a single thing you said right now. Oh shoot! <laughs> uh, hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh okay. Saying- I was saying, do you think? Um, do you think that the? Do you think that the the Heat? With Jimmy Butler, do you think that they can um, take down a team or can seriously compete with a team like the Sixers or the the Celtics or even the even the Nets without Kevin Durant? Shoot, dude! You know what? Just because it's the East, I'll give Heat like the eighth seed. Yeah, I I even, I even think that with with Chris Paul, they would be like about a seven or eight seed at the best at the very best. I don't see any other real assets. Although I do like Tyler hero. I've I've heard a lot about him from, from summer league. I do like him. Mm -hmm. I think he's pretty good though. And I think that in in the NBA free agency, to me, at least, I think it's one of, one of the most um, interesting parts of, uh, of the season. I think it's interesting that it keeps the fans engaged when there's not necessarily games being played. And I think it's just so much fun and the rumors and everything like that. And this NBA free agency was just totally crazy. And, you know, I'm just oh, really, yeah. really excited to see how it kind of pans so out. I had everyone just waiting and waiting. It was, Dude, it was almost like a Netflix Pelicans, show. Though, man. Oh, my God. The Pelicans. See, the Pelicans. You know what's so interesting about the Pelicans? Everyone's so concerned about – uh zion williamson's like weight but the dude oh, the yeah. dude still has like a 47 inch vertical you know what i mean like the dude's <laughs> still he's still gonna be a great player i think that you know he's he, he's he's gonna have his life fully dedicated um to basketball when he's a pro he's gonna eat you know i mean like he's, there's no real college parties or anything like that to kind of sneak off to or anything like that like he's gonna be at practice and go to the hotel room and that's kind of it you know <laughs> so I you know I, I think I think Zion's gonna be fine, but the, I think New Orleans. <clears throat> call me crazy, I would not be shocked if New Orleans somehow snuck into the eight seed in the West. I wouldn't be shocked, but that that's another bold prediction. New Orleans has a very very young talented roster. Oh yeah, dude, I'm freaking hyped for Orleans, dude. They, dude, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I I think that New Orleans is gonna be really talented. I think that, you know, New Orleans is one of those teams where they're going to let a lot of the young players, you know, it's a lot of the New Orleans is, is a good small market for players to kind of branch out. And, you know, so players like Lonzo Ball, players like Brandon Ingram, there's just so, you know, they're coming to the league at 18 years old. They go to the, the biggest market or one of the biggest markets in professional basketball. And there's so much pressure, right? Lonzo Ball's first season, you know what I mean? He's like 18 years old. You can't even drink yet. You know, he's just so young. And, you know, there's all this pressure on him to, you know, average like 25 points a game and like 30 assists. 
And, and you know, New Orleans is going to allow him to develop with not a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, dude. New Orleans is chill as fuck. They're probably, probably out there drinking, just like chilling. <laughs> like, eh, if we make it, we make it. We'll throw a party anyways. Yeah, dude. Uh, New Orleans is going to be – New Orleans is pretty awesome. I, I think that – New Orleans is, is it's going to be such less, so much less, you know, so much less pressure. But it's also, the interesting thing with New Orleans, though, if you're a, they haven't been able to retain a, their superstars. You know, they obviously they couldn't hold Anthony Davis, they couldn't hold Chris Paul, and it really comes down to the to, to, the, to these small market teams. And I, I look back at it, and obviously, you Dude, know, what if last Chris season, Paul went to the <laughs> New to, Orleans. To, Dude, honestly, <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. <laughs> That would be odd, you know. They're, I don't, they don't have, I don't think they have enough cap space for that, but no, I, that would be crazy. <laughs> that <just> would be wild. <laughs> that would be cool to see him in a, back in New Orleans, though. But the interesting thing with New Orleans is that, okay, so obviously last season with Anthony Davis, he wasn't a big fan favorite because he was sitting out and he was requesting trades. <laughs> but the season before that, he was an M, he was like top five in MVP voting or something like that. And he wasn't even in like the top fifteen for jersey sales. Like they, Jason Tatum was having more jersey sales than him. So if you're if you're a superstar, and that was one of the things that he wanted, he wanted to be recognized as the superstar that he is in the NBA. So if you're a superstar in the NBA and you're really trying to grow your brand, I don't really, you know, New Orleans isn't the market to do that. But it's a great market for someone like Zion and and Brandon Ingram and for them to grow. And I think that Brandon Ingram's gonna have a. I think Brandon Ingram's gonna have a really good season next year. Oh yeah, dude. I'm sad about Ingram. They got Randall too. Dude, I, I don't know, dude. Well, Randall, Randall's on the uh, on the New York Knicks. The Knicks. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. No way. I forgot he went over with them. <laughs> dude, the Knicks. Dude, I mean, talk about a, a a whiff in free agency. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the, the Knicks were the bad news bears. And the crazy thing is, too, is that some of it wasn't even their fault. You know, like like the draft lottery is not even their fault. There's nothing they could do about that. Yeah. But the as a um, <laughs> as a franchise, though, I'm hearing things that they didn't even want to offer Kevin Durant a max deal. Dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to, you know, if, if you're a team – you know, if you're obviously if you're any if you're a serious contender, like the Lakers are a win now team. Even if Kevin Durant wanted to join the Lakers, you couldn't do that because you can't afford to, you know, have a season of him eating up max salary and not playing. But if you're oh, the yeah. Knicks, if you're the Nets or any any of those New York teams, I'm gonna think about it. But if you're any you're of those teams, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You need to take that risk, especially when that risk brings you someone like Kyrie Irving, who's only like 26, 27 years old. So it's to me, it was just kind of funny that the, you, at the end of it, you hear that the Knicks just didn't want to offer him the money because he, you know, because of his Achilles injury. Even if Kevin Durant comes back as a bust, at least you won't have to think about the what if as a Knicks fan. And I think if you're the Knicks front office, you're the organization, you owe that to the fans to at least give them some sort of excitement about, the, you know, their future. Dude, all that money. And nothing, dude. It's it's crazy too. And and also one thing that I wanted to address too is that also a lot of these. So the Knicks had a lot of two year deals. 
you notice the Lakers did a lot of two-year deals. And that's because of the – so this upcoming free agency class is very underwhelming. I don't know specifically who's in it, but I just know that it's, it's very underwhelming. But the free agency class for 2021 is just as crazy, if not crazier, than this last one. So you notice a lot of these teams doing these two-year deals is so that way mm-hmm. they can position themselves to contend for someone like, oh, I don't know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, like you, oh, like yeah. LeBron and and and, and uh, all these other players that I can't think of right now. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, who knows where yeah. they're going to go. But yeah, it's just so interesting to see, you know, that that in two years we're going to be doing the same old thing with with NBA free agency, and the whole league can just get flipped on its head like that. Dude, that's crazy. What if like just all the superstars went to like the crappiest team, like? <laughs> I don't think there's no way that they just Cleveland, went to Cleveland was a one time put it Cleveland on was that. a one time thing. I, I don't think that would happen. But you know he, the the interesting the, what I like about the NBA and is that it's it's one of the easiest teams to rebuild because look at the look, look at the Nets. The Nets were whatever. They weren't awful, you know. They were just kind of like eh, you know, they're they're okay. They're, they're a little bit above average. And then they add two players, two players and they go up in the top 5 or 10 for title contendency. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, so it's yeah. just so crazy. If you take a sport like, let's say football, oh, if, you, yeah, if you take a sport like baseball, I mean, even like soccer, something like that. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, you have to have other pieces there. You can't just add one or two players <laughs> and expect the team to get significantly better. It just doesn't happen. So NBA is just a blink of an eye. Boom. You're, you're a good team. Like, oh, shit, you got him? All right. Cool. <laughs> it was crazy. It, yeah, it's it's like it's like the Lakers just get low, even when they just had LeBron. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Like like oh, they're gonna be so good. But the you know even I I, I would argue that I, a little off topic though, but I would argue that baseball is a harder sport to kind of rebuild because I think that football, if you add a quarterback, it can revolutionize the whole offense, make everyone better. Dude, look at the Browns. Do exactly, exactly. But I mean, if but if you're if let's say you're you're a team in the MLB, which the MLB had a very very slow free agency. But if you're if you're a team like, um, you know, like I don't know, like the Padres or something like that, and if you add just like one pitcher, he may be able to pitch really well and win you one out of every like four or five games. But then you still have to depend on the rest of your you know your your lineups even score runs. So it you know it's a really really tough sport, but that's what makes you know the, the the NBA so much different than these other leagues, and it's just so much fun to watch. It's it's so crazy to think that even when they're not playing, that they're talked about so much. There's so much drama and there's all these different things going on. It just keeps you really engaged. Dude, everyone's always watching LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. He's a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, God, there's just there's just so many so many things, but yeah, I mean, I think NBA free agency was just I I thought it was a hit, even though you know I got my heart broken in half by Kawhi Leonard, but other than that though, I thought NBA NBA free agency was a total success. I thought that it just you know it was just so interesting, and I've never updated my Twitter so much before in my entire life. <laughs> Dude, I got a Twitter just for free. <laughs> See that's NBA dedication right there. Okay. Also, too, the, the the thing, one of the things that I wanted to end, the, the end this with is, so I, I don't know about you, but I started to follow just because I wanted any any source that I could get, 
And I, so I started looking into all these random NBA insiders on Twitter, on Reddit, all those other things like that. And it's, it's just so crazy how the NBA free agency can make or break, you know, someone that, you know, with these rumors, you know, even someone like um, all these, all these people saying that Kawhi had already signed with the Lakers. I don't know if you uh, know that. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, right? Wow. It's like, how did that even happen? Yeah. I know, dude. <laughs> it's just like, and anyway. I was like, he's coming to the Lakers. He just needs to meet with the Raptors. That's about it. Oh, dude, that was the worst. And it's just crazy. It's like, and everyone just says they're sorry, and then we're just supposed to believe them as an inside source. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of bad. And they weren't just predicting it. They were like confirming this. So it, it's so interesting that with, with their, that they can just say these things and it's and for it to be like, okay, like right after it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's so interesting that they could just do that and like mess up that bad on that on such a level. And, and then there's like, yep, nope. Okay. Just another day in the, you know, there's another day in the office. And uh, dude, I thought like for sure, like at the start of, us or anything and i thought we were just gonna get some role players or at least like d-lo but then afterwards when like the the rumors just like snowballed out of control they were saying oh yeah Kawhi's is gonna come over here he he wants to come back to la like they dude everyone just like spins this freaking story <laughs> just out of nowhere yeah no it's uh it's so interesting, like what people hear. I'm so curious about about some of these sources, about that you know that people have, you know about NBA, you know free agency, and I, I'm I'm starting to think that they kind of make some of these things up, because if you figure right, if if I was to you know make an account and say I was some sort of NBA insider, and everyone you know it's everyone saying that Kawhi Leonard is going to sign with the Lakers, and I make a tweet and I you know confirming it, and I say oh he signed a four year, 141 million dollar deal. And, you know, I get it right. Then all of a sudden people start to think that, you know, you're a reliable source. And then you start to get some clout and you start to get popular and, you know, boom, then your, your page takes off. So I think the NBA free agency, especially with the way Kawhi conducted himself, it, it kind of presented opportunity to all these like fake, you know, sources to try, yeah, to try, to, try to have their careers take off, which is unfair to us because we're, we're the ones suffering. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so that was yeah. That that to me was was crazy. Dude, no free food from talking. Dude, home. I I I want us. Dude, I'm gonna keep commenting that until we get our free food. <laughs> that food looks delicious. That Fatima's Grill, guys. If you haven't been there, because we haven't been there. Well, if you have been there, let we're us know. sponsored by them. You know, you guys, <laughs> our, get out dude, there. Yeah, may, maybe if you guys let them know you listen to our podcast, they'll, they'll want to sponsor us or something. <laughs> no, but uh, they got to pay us in food. <laughs> realistically, though, yeah. Well, uh, basically, long story short, Jose and I were commenting on this uh, on this Instagram page, and we kept saying like, "Oh, if the Lakers sign so and so, then will they?" Uh, <laughs> then will you guys give us free food like oh if they sign to marcus cousins will you give us free food and they haven't responded yet <laughs> but we'll let you guys know in any future episodes if if we do get the free food and how it, it looks good i mean oh yeah they, they didn't say they no. didn't say so there's still hope so stay tuned to see if we get food uh from fatima's grill it looks good it's like mexican food and they put like hot cheetos on it and stuff like that i i think it looks good I, I I would definitely. Oh, yeah. It's a heart attack waiting to happen, but well, hopefully we'll live to tell the tale. Yeah, we'll 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 record a podcast from from the hospital bed. 
we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know how it is. But anyways, guys, so that is our NBA free agency wrap-up. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Jose, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me today. It, it's been a blast. Also, guys, like I mentioned before, Jose is a diehard. And I say diehard. I mean diehard Green Bay Packers fan. So maybe we'll, we'll – hope. I mean, hopefully we'll get him on the show for an upcoming um, maybe fantasy football talk or, you know, football pre-agency oh, prediction dude. or anything like that. So It's our year, baby. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. But anyways, guys, so that was our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this was TED Talk Sports, joined with the one and only Jose Real. Thank you so much, guys, and have a great day.